Welcome to a breaking news report from Sidebar. I'm Kirk McDaniel, Sidebar's producer and a reporter in Austin, Texas. On Friday, the Supreme Court released its ruling in the case over Texas's controversial abortion law. Senate Bill 8, also known as the Texas Heartbeat Act, bans abortions once a fetal heartbeat is detected. The law is enforced by private citizens, not the government, allowing any person in or outside of the state of Texas to sue anyone who, according to the law, aids and abets in an abortion. If an individual is successful in their suit, they could be rewarded with a minimum of $10,000 and attorney's fees. The law has been in effect for 100 days now and has eliminated nearly all abortions in the state. I spoke with Courthouse News reporter Kelsey Reitman, who covers the high court, about the ruling and what it means for the future of the Texas law. Kelsey, uh, thank you so much for joining me on this uh, very, very busy day. Um, Could you tell me about uh, what happened to the court today? Yeah, so the court ruled this morning in the Texas SB8 cases. So those are the uh, cases challenging Texas's uh, near ban on all abortions in the state. The law bans all abortions after six weeks, which is usually before most women even know they're pregnant. So there are two cases um, that the court ruled in. One case is from abortion providers, in that case, Whole Women's Health v. Jackson. That case concerns a procedural issue, and uh, both the cases actually do. So the procedural issue goes to the heart of SB8, and SB8 has a very unique enforcement mechanism that has made it it very challenging for abortion providers to have a pre-enforcement challenge to the law, um, which they think is unconstitutional. So the way that SB8 is enforced is it's enforced through private citizens instead of government officials. And and so the the case before the court asked if the abortion providers sued the correct people. And uh, the other case before the court was United States v. Texas, and that was the government's challenge to uh, the Texas law. And the government was challenging the law, saying it was unconstitutional as well. And they were seeking to get an injunction on the law to uh, stop it from uh, being enforced. So tell me, how did the court rule? The court ruled in the government's case that they dismissed the case. And uh, Justice Sotomayor was the only dissent on that case. So the law will stay in effect for now. And in the abortion provider's case, the court gave a very narrow ruling um, that allows the Uh, the case to move forward, but in a a very narrow way. I see. Now, tell me first about that government case that was dismissed. What was the court's reasoning behind dismissing that case? They didn't really give any any, uh, more information besides they just dismissed it. um, And so Mayor dissented, but they they didn't really provide any more information there. I will say that that case during oral arguments, um, I think the justice was really had they they had a hard time with what the implications might be if that case went forward. And um, so they were a lot more skeptical of that case when they heard it uh, in November when these cases were argued before the court than they were of the abortion provider's case. It was easy to see that they might have ruled um, against the uh, Department of Justice in that case, and that is what they ended up doing, but they didn't provide really any explanation there. So with the other case filed by abortion providers, what specifically did they rule, and why do you think was their argument more successful? So it, like I said, it's a very narrow ruling. So they, what they said, and Justice Gorsuch wrote the opinion in this case, and they said that the abortion providers can continue their, uh, their case against defendants with authority over medical licenses. So that basically means 
the defendants that they enforce the um, licenses according to Texas's health and safety code. So those specific defendants, they can continue their case against. However, um, the abortion providers had also uh, sought to continue their case against the state judges and state clerks, and the justices did not allow that case to go forward. They didn't find that they had standing there. And one of the reasons that Justice Gorsuch cites in his opinion is he says that there was no limiting principle to that case and that abortion providers didn't really say, you know, what were the limiting factors in that equation. And so he found that troubling. Really, the path forward is for them to continue the case against the defendants with authority over medical licenses. But that's really the only area they have. So it was it was a very narrow ruling. So going forward, are these cases going to be held in Texas state courts or in the federal court arena? Yeah, so they will continue in um, in federal court. Mark Heron, who was the attorney for the Center of Reproductive Rights who argued the case before the Supreme Court, he said that they will continue their case in federal court. But he did stress that, um, you know, even an injunction against the defendants who are in charge of the licensing, that that doesn't really stop the enforcement mechanism on SB8. It doesn't stop other cases from proceeding. So it, it, it really puts them in a bind. So one of the other, I guess, paths forward that um, the attorneys talked about on a call today is they talked about this other case that's proceeding in Texas um, against the Texas Right for Life. It's uh, pursued by Planned Parenthood. So they said that, you know, as that case progresses, if it did get to the, the Texas Supreme Court, that um, they could get a ruling in their favor that would bind the state court's case. But I think, you know, they really stress that time is a factor here, and that case will take a long time to proceed. My name is Dr. Bhavik Kumar, and I'm a staff physician at Planned Parenthood Center for Choice in Houston, Texas. I've been providing abortion care in my home state of Texas for almost seven years now, but these last 100 plus days have been the most challenging of my entire career. Today, because the court once again failed to protect our most basic human rights, more people will continue to suffer as this case winds its way through the legal system. As time progresses, you know, women in Texas um, who are seeking abortions don't have access to abortions. And the longer they don't have access to abortions, um, you know, the implications grow for the state's surrounding. And, you know, also for abortion providers, they're kind of hamstrung right now with what they what with what services they can offer. And if a clinic closes down, they don't usually open back up. So, you know, they really stress that this this really puts them in a bind and it has major implications in the, the states surrounding Texas are really seeing a rush from women in Texas who aren't able to receive abortions in their state right now. So the only way that abortion providers or abortion activists could get this law overturned is essentially by either relying on the Texas case or by the federal case that's now going to continue. Yeah. And, you know, they stress that um, in a call this afternoon with reporters, they stress that they're still looking at all their legal options and they're going to do whatever they can to provide these rights for, for people in Texas. As of right now, that is the game plan that they can tell us. But, you know, they, they did express that they are looking into every single option that they can pursue and that they'll continue to do that. As a reporter, what are you looking for going forward as this case continues? So what's really interesting is we could see a lot of copycat cases in other states. And so we'll be watching to see if other states enforce similar laws to SB8. 
there is also a factor on other constitutional rights. And Mark Herron really stressed that in the call today where he said, you know, this isn't just about abortion. If SB8 and its enforcement scheme can can go ahead in this case it, with abortion rights, they can be used for other rights. And, you know, doing reporting for this case, there was a specific gun rights group that filed a an amicus brief in the case saying that, you know, we're scared that a, a state like California or New York would do this with gun rights and the Second Amendment. So there is a big open question right now what this means for other constitutional rights. Justice Sotomayor really hit on that in her opinion that she wrote in the case. And, you know, she hasn't she hasn't been one to uh, be quiet about her views on on this case. And she certainly wasn't today. And, you know, she said by foreclosing suit against state court officials and the state attorney general, the court effectively invites other states to refine SBA's model for nullifying federal rights. The court thus betrays not only the citizens of Texas, but our constitutional system of government. So um, really no mincing of words there. Is there anything else that you think that, you know, people who are in touch with this story or that, that are watching this story as it plays out, that they should really keep in mind as this goes forward? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I think the other factor to watch is that the court also heard a an all out challenge to Roe v. Wade just at the beginning of the month. And that was the, the Dobbs case. So we'll also be watching that case and the ruling on that case, which we don't expect until June or July. But it, in the oral arguments, it did seem like there was a number of justices who would be willing to overturn Roe completely. So we'll have to see how that affects abortion access in a number of states, because um, a lot of states have trigger laws that basically would ban abortions if Roe was overturned. Um, So we'll be watching Dobbs case, which we probably won't get for a while, but that's another factor to consider when, um, when looking at all of this. Well, final question. Do you think that this was a win for pro-life activists or was this a win for pro-choice activists and, and abortion providers? I definitely don't think it's it was a win for for abortion providers. And they, they really stress that in all of their comments. And you talk to anybody who, you know, is advocating for pro-choice and they don't think this is a win in any way. And the, the reason is that it, it gives abortion providers such a narrow path to enforcing you know, their constitutional rights. And I I think you see that in um, Justice Sotomayor's dissent. I I think abortion providers and people who were uh, in the pro-choice movement thought this would be an easy case for the court to say, let's just get rid of that and focus on Dobbs, you know, but they they really didn't, you know, so it it is a narrow ruling, um, you know, while they allow the the case to proceed, um, I I don't know if anti-abortion groups would call it a win for them either, but I I know for sure that abortion providers do not think this is a win for them. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for for coming on the podcast with us, and we'll be uh, looking out for your future reporting. So thank you so much. Great. Thanks. Thanks to Kelsey for her reporting on this case and many others before the Supreme Court. Stay up to date with this story and our daily coverage at courthousenews.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Courthouse News and Sidebar CNS. Sidebar will be back with regular episodes in 2022. Thanks for listening.